When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you don't have a clear curriculum for your classroom, it is so overwhelming to try to put that together yourself. Spending hours on Pinterest and Google, pulling worksheets and pulling pieces of curriculum together to make something that works for your classroom. That's why we created the Autism Helper Curriculum and now offer Curriculum Access. Curriculum Access gets you access to all levels and all subjects of the highly differentiated evidence-based Autism Helper Curriculum. You can have students working on letter identification and working on parts of speech at the same time in our easy-to-use curriculum. We currently have hundreds of teachers using Curriculum Access from all over the world with consistently rave reviews. I want you to join that group of teachers. Now is the time to ask your administrators for curriculum access. We have an email template ready to go so you can ask them to set up a demo. Your administrators can jump on a live call with our team members to see everything that's included in the Autism Helper curriculum access. Next year, let's reduce the overwhelm. Let's start the year out with a path and a plan and resources to meet all the diverse needs of your students. Let's make next year the year of curriculum access. Head over to the show notes to learn more. Hi, I'm Sasha Long, special ed teacher and board certified behavior analyst. Welcome to the Autism Helper Podcast. I'm here to explore different strategies to improve the lives of individuals with autism. Hey guys, today I am interviewing an amazing member of my professional development membership. I'm chatting with Christina Abadir, who is a special education teacher and board certified behavior analyst. And we are talking about activity schedules. Christina and I explore some ways to utilize activity schedules to actually promote leisure skills and functional independence. Christina has a ton of great ideas on how to utilize these schedules and these formats in your classroom, but also how to transition these to the home setting. She talks about how she used this type of format for virtual instruction and has incorporated a lot of parent coaching into this as well, which is the one tiny silver lining of virtual instruction, right? We get that opportunity for more parent coaching. So this episode is filled with actionable ideas that you can easily implement in your classroom. And we talk about a wide range of variations and options for differentiation when you're looking at setting up these types of schedules. So let's go ahead and jump into our conversation. Hi, Christina. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. So Christina has a similar background as I do. She was a special ed teacher turned B- – she is a special ed teacher turned BCBA, right? Yeah, that's right. I love <laughs> when people kind of take that progression. You like are like, I want more, right? <laughs> yeah. I, it all started with my one of my colleagues. Um, she really turned me into the ABA world. So I was like, 
I, I need to, I need to do this for a living. Like this is what I need to do. <laughs> you drank the Kool-Aid. Yes, <laughs> so today we're going to talk about activity schedules and I'm excited to talk about this because I think this is such a versatile tool that could be used with so many age levels and setups. And I know this is something that you are very into. So what is an activity schedule? An activity schedule, and I'm gonna get I'm gonna say this definition from the McClanahan and Krantz Topics and Autism series books for activity schedules. Um, it's a set of pictures or words that cue someone to engage in a sequence of activities. So this can include leisure activities and self-care activities, such as brushing your teeth, doing laundry, setting the table, etc. But I think today I'm gonna talk more so about those leisure activity schedules. I love that because when we think of like work schedules or independent work, we always think task boxes and like independent type, you know, pre-vocational academic skills. But this is kind of different. Right. Um, I mean, yeah, I love the task boxes. I love that system. It's great. But this is like different types of skills for the kids. Like, so why is it important to kind of specifically target leisure skills? When we teach, when we incorporate um, IEP goals and things like that, at least for me, um, it's important that we create goals that include development of functional skills that maximize engagement, appropriate self-care work and leisure activities. So it's leisure activities. I, I know that if I ask parents like, oh, what do your kids do when they get home? Do they do anything? And most parents are, are, will say, you know, my kid will stay on the iPad or, you know, mm-hmm. video games or computer games. And they don't often really engage in other activities um, so it's important to teach in these activities that they can engage that, you know, are off like off screen activities. Like I'm sure we all need some sort of off screen time <laughs> to engage in like some sort of different activity to do. Um, yeah. so it's important for them to engage in some type of activity for an extended period of time and oh. on task while doing it. I love that you brought up parent buy-in because if you, you know, talking to families and parents, I can imagine that this is like pretty high on their list of importance. Yeah. And that's actually, I was, I was thinking about that. I was like, I like to get the parents buy-in. I usually ask at IEP meetings, like, does this sound like something that you want them to do at home? Like, would you like them to engage in an activity for an extended period of time? And most parents are like, yes, please. Like, I would love, I would love for them to do something different at home. Yeah. I mean, especially in a time of like, I mean, how often are we on screens now? Like, like you said, we all need breaks and hobbies that are not involving a phone and a TV and a Zoom call and a computer. Um, so let's, let's kind of go back to the beginning. If someone's brand new to this, how do they get started on setting up an activity schedule? And, and you can maybe make up some, an example student and, and what they might be doing, but how do you, how do you kind of jump in and get this rolling? Okay, so I'll go with my favorite type of activity schedule that I love. And I, it's one, it's really quick to start. Um, it's, it's easy to set up. You don't really need too much Velcro or anything like that. I love using that three drawer system. It's very mm-hmm. versatile. It allows you to change activities day to day just so it doesn't get boring and mundane. It's not the same activities over and over again. So you can put activities in these bins and it could be a, a set of rotating activities. So what I like to do first is I like to make sure that I've and I'll put this as a goal for all my students is to complete an activity from start to finish. That is, mm-hmm. that, that is a goal that I usually put in for a lot of my students. Um, it's important for them to complete activities from start to finish. So whether that be, I use something from the peak assessment and the peak assessment has a lot of like these leisure activities they, that you can do like color by number or doing a maze, a word search. Um, 
puzzles and dot to dot stuff. So I like to make sure that I know they know how to do these activities. Another really quick thing that I like to do, and if I want to start it right, right away, is I like to also use activity schedules as a maintenance activity. So I like to put things that they've learned maybe in the classroom, like a quick, like whether it be like task cards, something very easy that they could practice math and they are just doing like task cards. So it looks a little bit different. It's not necessarily a worksheet, but it's practicing skills they already know so they can maintain their skills. Yes, that's such a great suggestion because, you know, so often we teach and we're on to the next, but like they've got to maintain that. Exactly. And I mean, I know I'm guilty of it where I'm like, all right, we're on to the next. And I'm like, oh man, they don't know how to do this. (laughs) We have to go back. So this is a great way that I found throughout the years that I'm like, okay, we can keep them maintaining the skill through their activity schedule. And usually, I mean, the kids really like it. They do like the task cards. And now with boom cards, like they, they really love that stuff. So I like to make sure I incorporate that into their activity schedule. Um, and once they have all, a set of activities, that's when I rotate it through the schedule. And okay. the three system drawer is actually my favorite just because it gets the tasks. It's like in order. You can always switch it out. It's easy. It's easy to um, clean up and it's easy for the students and it requires the least prep. Yes, that's that's the key, right? <laughs> so you mentioned a few minutes ago, so these should be activities that are previously mastered, right? So things they can do on their own already? Yes. So how do you, do you go about just kind of looking at what skills you've worked on in the past and kind of looking at how we can kind of transition those into different activities and maybe making a master list? Is that kind of, how do you organize knowing what each kid is kind of done with? I'm, I'm actually, I have like, I, my, my parents can definitely say this. I have like very strong organizational skills. So I usually (laughs) have like a, an Excel sheet when, and I'll label like each column, like puzzles or, you know, task cards that they could do or certain, like I like label at the top, certain categories. And then I put a list of activities to put underneath it. So I place that right on top of the bin Uh, My paras or the parents, if I'm working at home, can cross off as they're done if they if they did this activity, so they know not to do it repeatedly. So the learner is you know engaging in a couple or or a variety of skills. It could be the same activity. It could be puzzles, but it's not the same twelve piece farm puzzle that he did yesterday. You know, yes, thank you. (laughs) Change every day, so it'll be maybe the farm puzzle today and a dinosaur puzzle tomorrow or whatever it is like. Maybe it's twelve piece, fifteen piece, whatever they really, whatever they, whatever they can do, depending on their skill. Maybe. Yes, that is so key. Is like not having the same stuff in there every day because that, that is like a personal pet peeve of mine because it gets boring. It does. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And my powers, I know my powers will tell me, is like, Tina, he's bored. He's bored. I'm like, and I, that was the case in the beginning when I first started doing activity schedules. And that's when I decided I was going to have like a long list of all these possible activities that I could teach the students. And um, even I realized like I had to teach some kids how to do a word search and things like that. They didn't have that skill. And, it, and it's a leisure skill. Like I think a lot of us as adults will... T- I don't know, maybe they get the newspaper still and do word searching. <laughs> I still love doing that. So yeah. it's a fun activity for me. And then so that, you've, list, you've listed yeah. a lot of cool activities that I hadn't, you know, initially thought of like color by number and word search. You know, obviously we think of like puzzles and games and things like that. What are some other leisure-based activities that could go in, a, in an activity schedule? Um, I like doing building with blocks. I like for some of the, it depends. Like I right currently work with middle schoolers and, and, and up. So I kind of sometimes forget what little kids can do, but I know uh-huh. <laughs> blocks. Um, you can even do like a just dance video. You could put like an iPad in, in the bin and say, okay, play the video. And they could do like a just dance video. Um, once that's done, they could put the iPad away and go move on to the next activity. I like doing that. It gets them up and moving. Um, Love that idea. What do your middle schoolers do? What are some like, if we're thinking more like age appropriate, um, things that are appropriate for, you know, obviously, like I like that you pointed that out, you know, building blocks that we're not going to have our, our older kids like sorting colored bears. I have really strong opinions on, you know, our older kids using babyish materials. What are some leisure activities that, that some of your older kids, um, work on? Um, I've done like exercise schedules with them where I've, um, they're more readers. So I'll do like an exercise schedule with them. And we've gone through, doing like how to do each exercise and then they would follow it and do, you know, 10 jumping jacks, cross it off, do 10 sit-ups, cross it off. I mean, I do it when I'm at the gym, so it's, it's <laughs> even follow along and they'll complete a set of these activities and they could do that for an extended period of time as well. So I've done some stuff like that with them. That's cool. I mean, yeah, you're right. We need that when we're in the gym. That's like, a, and then you could tell mom and dad, like, Hey, guess what? They can do 15 minutes, give them a list of, of exercises. And that's a great, like healthy activity to do at home. Exactly. And parents do like that. So I, I like that they, they're, they bought in and then they would want to try it at home as well. That's great. So let's talk prompting, fading prompting. What do your team members do when kids are doing activity schedules? What do you tell parents to do when they're doing this? What, what is the goal here on, on prompt levels? So the research recommends to use the most to least prompt sequence with manual guidance when you're teaching activity schedules. You want to not use verbal prompts or praise. And I'm very big on the why. Why shouldn't we use verbal prompts and praise? It's really because we do not want to embed ourselves in the chain of activities. We don't want the child to wait for us to say, okay, now do this. Okay, now do this. So I always say, like, if we're going to prompt, we want to prompt – most least with manual prompts, gestures, things like that. Um, 
I always recommend when you're first starting to teach a schedule, you're close by to the learner. So I usually say between one to three feet away. This way, if an error occurs, you can go in and um, prompt as needed. And then as you increase or once you get to your criteria of however many activities you want in your schedule and you've taught it to the learner, you can slowly start to fade yourself back um, as far away as possible. That is also like you don't have to be out of the room completely unless mm -hmm. that's your goal. But somewhere where you're sometimes you're close, sometimes you're far, whatever's the most natural, wherever the most natural place is for an adult to be while a child is completing that act activity is where you want to work up to. That is like such simple, but good advice. Yeah. Where would you naturally be? Like I've, you know, and telling that to parents too, like, okay, if, if he was working at the kitchen table, where would you naturally be? You wouldn't naturally just be in the basement just because you want to be far away. You might be, you know, cooking dinner at the stove or you might be on the couch watching TV. Like that makes so much sense. Yeah. Um, I always like like to tell people that too. I'm like, we don't have to be so far away because we're. Ne I'm never really far away. I'm like, to make myself far away is not natural. Yeah, <laughs> I'm never at like the they, door in the classroom. <laughs> yeah, they'd be like, what are you doing? Get out of the hallway. <laughs> um, so you mentioned a few times using this at home. So how have you um, kind of taught parents how to utilize this or maybe even during virtual instruction? Is this something you use then? Um, well, yeah, actually some of my learners that have a the three drawer system, I've actually sent home with them and we'll take some time in the day to show the parents how to set it up and how to run it with their child. Oh, I love that. So you physically sent home the bins? That's why I like those bins. It's easy yeah. to set up. Like now I don't have to, you don't have to create another space in your house. Like it's easy. You can put it away and there it is. And I've also brainstormed with the parents like, okay, I have some activities that I gave to them, which are like file folders and things, which is good because you can easily put it in the bin. Um, but if they had things as well, like we collaborated and we talked about like what activities to use and we'll sit and we'll spend time like teaching them how to do those activities. That's um, great. Yeah. I also like putting things in binders as well for my other students because it also is contained. I'm very like big on keeping it. Yeah. Even organized, but not everybody can have that. So it's also about creating a schedule that um, works for this, the, the student as well as the environment that you're in. So, yeah, that's great. And I, and obviously as you're explaining this, I'm thinking this all lends itself to a socially distant classroom because it is contained and it is for one student. Exactly. When you, um, I'm not sure if you're face-to-face -face right now, but, you know, thinking about classrooms that are, that utilize these systems, what advice do you have for, you know, switching out materials and as far as like rotating materials between students? Like obviously every kid has their own bin or binder, but what about switching puzzles or have you set up like a system for that? So, you know, the same kids aren't doing the same work, you know, back-to-back -back days. Yeah. So I, right now we are fully remote, but we were hybrid, um, for the first part of the, for like from September to November. So, um, what we did was we'll like set up the activities for the week. We'll have like, okay, five puzzles for Johnny and five puzzles for Billy and then swap it out. Like after like, that'll be only for those, those students. And then we'll swap it out after we've cleaned it and then like kind of switch it. Like, oh, perfect. Week. So just so this way, like I don't have, as, as much as I think I have so many resources in my classroom, yeah. <laughs> I don't have multiples to have for all the kids. So that's that was one way that we decided that we were going to, you know, organize it so that way we can utilize it safely yeah. across. Yeah, by week. That makes sense. 
Awesome. Well, I love this idea and I love kind of thinking about different ways to format it for the different settings that we're in, whether that's virtual or home and kind of, you know, thinking flexibly, flexibly about different ways to teach leisure skills and teach independence beyond something that's like vocational or academic, that it can really be leisure based and, and I always think about the afternoon. Like to me, the afternoon, everyone's like over it. I don't want to do like math. I don't want to do something hard. And this is a great time to, time to work on leisure skills and independence and things like that that are a little bit more enjoyable, but maybe aren't as effortful when you're tired. <laughs> exactly. And I always think about myself, like I'll play, like even if I'll play math, I'll play those math games on my phone, like just to get my brain going, even though I know it, it's fun. I do it for a little bit. And then, you know, I'm like, all right, I know I know how to do it, but it was like a fun brain break. Yeah. It's like a brain break. Exactly. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Christina, for joining us. This was really fun to chat about um, different ways to set up leisure schedules in an activity schedule format. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Autism Helper podcast. If you liked what you heard and want to hear more, hit subscribe. It would mean a lot to me if you left some feedback. Whether I'm working one-on-one with a student, doing a podcast like this one, or presenting for a PD, my goal is always to provide as much value as I can. So your feedback really helps me make sure I'm doing just that. If you have other topics you'd like me to cover, leave in the feedback or message me on social media. You can follow me at The Autism Helper on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest, or visit my website, theautismhelper.com. Thanks again for listening. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Having the right resources for your classroom is essential to making sure your classroom is running smoothly. At the Autism Helper Shop, we have all of the resources you need to make sure you have the behavior, communication, and curriculum supports for your students. Within our shop, we have adapted books, task cards, resources aligned to the VB map and the ABLES, behavior plan flowcharts, data sheets, curriculum. Everything you need, whether you are an early childhood teacher or a high school teacher, we have all of the resources that will meet those students' needs. So head over to shop.theautismhelper.com to check out all of our resources.